You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 263. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. If you are starting a business or a website of any kind whatsoever, and you want to do it simply without having to spend thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars and many dozens of hours with a developer and doing all the difficult stuff that, honestly, you don't actually have to do... If you use Squarespace, I highly recommend you check it out. My biggest recommendation for anyone using Squarespace is try it for free with the trial. So you can go to squarespace.com slash lively to give this a shot and see if you like it. But really focus on your photography. Get your photos right, pick the template you like, and you can make a website that looks incredible because the designers at Squarespace have done such an amazing job. You can also have tons of plugins because the community is so robust. So if you need to add membership plugins or other things for your website, you can also find a lot of other add-on companies that have developed ways to use Squarespace in further, deeper, more complicated ways than you'd actually probably imagine that you could. So try it out. We've loved using it over here at Team Lively. We've had many websites built on it for our classes in the past, and it has just been something that is so easy for everyone to use. So as far as Teams go, it's also great because it's such a simple interface. If you want to get a free trial, go over to squarespace.com lively. And of course, if you want to actually pay for it and actually move forward with your service, use the code lively to get 10% off your purchase of the website or domain. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now let's move on. Floweth Intention Registration closes Friday, February 2nd. So that's tomorrow if you're listening to this as this episode airs. This is the last live round of Flow with Intention online. The community of Flow is so excited to go beyond Flow with Intention and go into the advanced training. So I am working on the advanced course that will be launching this fall or next winter if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. I guess I should start qualifying what seasons I'm talking about as I'm living in Australia right now, but either this September, October or next February is when the advanced training is going to happen. Now, Flow with Intention is going to be the prerequisites. You're going to have to take flow to do the advanced training anyways. So if you want to join it and you haven't gone so far, of course, as always, I say, listen to your intuition, ask your intuition if it's a fit. I never sell the course. I never tell anyone whether they should or shouldn't join. Your intuition has the answer you need. So ask within yourself, find out if it's a fit. And if it says yes, I'm super excited to work with you. Class is actually going to start on February 6th next week. Now let's move on to today's episode. Today's episode is something that came to me a few days ago, and it's going to explain something that a lot of times when people learn about the law of attraction for the first time, they end up kind of associating the concept of law of attraction with, oh, that's that principle or that crazy idea that people are into to get what they want. Now, law of attraction is just like gravity or electricity. It is what you want if you're turning on a light switch or if you're sitting down at your computer. You want electricity in those cases. You want gravity in those cases. But if you're trying to go to outer space, gravity could be something you don't want to deal with to overcome the forces of that. Or electricity, when it's a live wire in water, is not something you want to walk into. The same is true for vibration and attraction. It is not a principle of here's what gives you what you want. 
it's only whether you use it in that way that it gives you what you want. It itself is not judging or creating a worthiness of any one person to be worthy of it or not worthy of it or deserving of it. No one deserves to die when they fall from a building. No one deserves to be electrocuted when they're electrocuted by a live wire. It's just a principle that's happening. So I'm going to explain that in more depth in this episode. And also because it's not just about getting what you want, it's just a vibrational match. I'm also going to share for people that have had very low vibrations or, and it's not, by the way, their fault that they have a low vibration if they do, or a vibration that leads to possible negative outcomes. But I'll also share for those that do have those, the good news, the good news is that we don't have to stay in the low vibration. Once we have awareness, whether we're aware of the emotional state or the feeling itself, the belief pattern that's been created probably from early childhood, we can reverse it. Or if we have actual manifestation showing up in our lives, that we don't like, again, we can figure out what those beliefs are and we can reverse them. This is amazing because as our consciousness evolves and our awareness evolves, the tools we have available to us, when we have things like a low vibration, we can clear it. So I'm going to talk about that too in this episode. Let's go to the show. Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to the show. This is the content side of it. Obviously, you've already listened to the intro, but I haven't actually recorded it as of this moment. This is one of those rare episodes where I just have the inspiration to talk about something, and I just want to dive right in. Totally no notes, no charts, no graphs, nothing to look at. I'm actually just going to free flow with you on a subject that I think a lot of people come across or come to when they're new to the law of attraction. So for anyone that's new, this might be really clarifying or really helpful. And for anyone that is an LOA master or someone that's really been into this for a long time, this will just be a refocusing on it and kind of re-representation, if you will, in a new way that might also help you if you're ever explaining this to other people as well. And of course, if you are knowing someone that might benefit from the LOA Q&A series, please feel free to share it. Seeing the downloads on these episodes or the first one of its kind that we just did two weeks ago. I can tell you guys are loving this direction and obviously this is like a subject that I have steeped myself in for thousands of hours at this point and practice like an Abrahamster, as you guys have heard before on the show. So I'm gonna talk about one subject and then I put a little call out on Instagram stories for other Q&A, LOA Q&A questions. So I'll answer a few of those at the end of this too. So actually, as I'm recording this, people are at this moment, submitting questions. (laughs) So let's talk about why the law of attraction is not the law of getting what you want. Now, for the people that do know or have heard of the law of attraction, usually their first inclination of it has to do with the movie The Secret. Nothing against The Secret. Everything out there has value and resonates with someone on some frequency. But for me and many others, I know we just didn't personally connect to the secret. But hearing about it and seeing the widespread understanding that it got many years ago, as far as being out there in the world, it became most known, the law of attraction became most known by the secret. And so when you see the secret, the secret seems to focus on, focus on what you want and you'll get what you want. 
Okay, so people started to perceive the law of attraction being this magic genie lamp that they rub and they get what they want. They can manifest cars, mansions, partners, abs, you name it, you can get it. Well, this is part of the reason people didn't love or did love the secret, but also it kind of created, I believe, this is just my personal perception, a possible misunderstanding and part of why I think that the assumption or the protest to the existence of the law of attraction is because people kind of took from that or in general, kind of maybe even from an Abraham, but I think that's only at a surface level, can take from it that it's just about getting what you want. The law of attraction is a way to get what you want without having to try very hard. Now, while that's technically true, that's not what the law of attraction is about. This is not a how to get out of jail free card. This is not a here's how you get to where you want to go, though it is a pathway to it. The law of attraction, you've got to think about this, like we said the other day, more like gravity than a genie bottle. Yes, you can use it like a genie bottle, but that doesn't mean that it in itself is a genie bottle. So a lot of people's kind of like retaliation or their disbelief or their hesitation in believing it is to think that if they have things that they don't like in their life, their common response, this is something I hear a lot or sense a lot at least, is that, well, I wouldn't have wanted that or I didn't want to create that. And I think that comes, like I said, in part because of the secret seem to focus on if this is what you want, focus on it. While that's true, it's not about what you want. It's just about like attracting like and vibrational frequencies attracting similar vibrational frequencies. So yes, if you are focused vibrationally on what you want, you can vibrationally receive it, either through the feeling of it as the first manifestation, so feeling as though you already have it, or through actually receiving the physical manifestation that you want in the real physical form. So the vibrational, emotional forms, the first manifestation, the second is the physical, real life, whatever it is, car, house, boat, partner. So that's true, but it's not like that's what the law of attraction is. It is more like gravity, as I said earlier. This is something to be considered like a physical force. And this is like magnetism, electromagnetic fields are attracting forces. And as I'm studying all of the Joe Dispenza and the other works, the electromagnetic field of our own bodies, of the planet, of the moon, of all the planets, of all the things in the universe, there's so much going on in the electromagnetic fields of things that are literally what I'm starting to believe are many people, obviously, not just me, are starting to believe connected to this. So the law of attraction isn't about what we want inherently in itself. That's like saying like gravity is what we want. Well, gravity is what we want when we want to be sitting down on the bus. We don't want to be flying off into outer space when we're on the bus or we want to get from San Diego to uh, San Francisco. We don't want to be flying around necessarily if we're trying to drive in our car. But then again, if we do want to take a flight because we're like, you know what? I'd rather get there faster. Well, the plane is actually defying the gravity or it's using the gravity in a different way than the car is using the gravity. And so in both cases, gravity is happening. And if we're trying to go outside into outer space, if we're NASA and we're going to launch a rocket ship to the moon or to Mars, Elon Musk, well, in that case, gravity is something we have to deal with. And it's actually really hard to 
overcome to get out. And man, if there wasn't as much gravity or if it wasn't as strong as it already is, we could get out there much faster with less rocket fuel and so many other forces that are required to overcome the gravity to our current understanding, right? So gravity is great for us if we want to drive the car. We can manipulate it to a degree with the flight, which is pretty good. But getting out into outer space, it's pretty hard. There's just so much energy to overcome from the force that's happening. So good or bad, if you're falling out of a window, gravity is not really your friend. If you're sitting down comfortably on a lawn chair, gravity is your friend. Does that make sense? Law of attraction, start to think of it like that. It is a force. It's not a deciding genie. It's not a god in the sky that's telling you you deserve something or don't deserve something or that anyone deserves anything. Now, if we get into why would someone choose to be born in a family like that or an environment of a war-torn country, or why would they decide to be born into a deformed body? These are very deep questions. And depending on your own beliefs and openness to many things that are out there, the answer to that question can be very different depending on the story that you're telling yourself about why we're here and what this is all about. So I can't answer to you because so many people have so many different beliefs on why they showed up. And it's easier. It honestly is just easier to think it's all random, to think that there's no choice and no deliberateness. We just happen to plop on the earth and plop in as this embryo. And this is just happens to be where we be. That is comforting in that it takes the onus off of ourselves to think that it might be in some way to our advantage or disadvantage to be in this life experience. However, I think that it also makes us a victim of our circumstances. It says, I can't control that I was born to Elon Musk, or I can't control that I was born in Iraq and had this horrible war going on while I was born. I can't get into the philosophical debates of that because that's not really the point of the law of attraction. So we gotta suspend, or I don't know if you wanna suspend it, you might not suspend it. I can't even tell you if you will or you won't suspend that part of it. But I have come to believe in the creation of our own reality, regardless of why or how we showed up to the place in the life circumstances that we had initially starting out. So whatever we want to say, we could say tomato, tomato on that point. And I'll also say to this whole side story of this, like the where do we come from and why do we pick this circumstance, you know, all of us have things that we are really finding as advantages and disadvantages from wherever we came from. I too, I don't talk about things publicly on the show that involve other people. So you could easily look at me and say, okay, cisgender, white girl, whatever, whatever you want to say for why I became or am the person I am with whatever level of privilege, etc. However, I'll just say that my life was definitely not perfect. And in a large part, things that I dealt with as a young person were very difficult and intense. And because it involves other people, I don't talk about it because they are private and they don't ask to be talked about. So I don't bring it up, but I'll just say there've been many things that I've not shared on the show that have actually created my drive to create the work that I do, the focus that I do on helping others. And 
one of the best things that I have found was the Journey of Souls book by Dr. Michael Newton. People had recommended it on the show. So I decided to check it out, like five or six people from Flow and from the show. So I was like, all right, this book is hunting me down. And when I read it, I have to say it was, or listened to it technically on Audible. If you want to actually get it on Audible, which I highly recommend, by the way, they're not sponsoring this episode, but you can get a free book if you go to audible.com slash lively. So get the free book if you're interested and listen to it. But I'll just say that that book was so powerful because if you choose to believe what that book shares based on 30 years of hypnotherapy sessions with patients or clients and taking them back to what happens past their childhood, past their birth into what is, this is going to sound crazy to some people, their past life, and then what happened after their past life, after they died in the last life, in between lives. This is so radical for just a year ago, two years ago, forget about it. But if you're open to this, go check this out. But when it talked about the fact that apparently after 30 years of hypnotizing people into that in-between state of our lives, 30 years of people said the same thing, that we get to choose the bodies that we're going to enter into as a soul. So we get choices and we get to choose and we get to be deliberate about it. And when I read that, all the stories or all the things that could have gone to therapy or actually did go to therapy about for many years from my childhood, the wounds, the scars, all those sorts of things melted away in the realization or the possibility of the realization that I might have picked this life. And those things that I found very difficult might have been the exact things, or even if they weren't the exact things I wanted, given overall the opportunities and some of the difficulties I was going to experience, created the perfect springboard for the life that I have and the mission, the joy that I get from doing the stuff that I do. All of that became clear. And if anything, it helps me tell a better story. It helps me to feel less like a victim. It helps me to feel less random. And it helps me and empowers me to move forward and drop the stories of the victimization or the things that happened as something that was difficult or terrible. Though at the time I didn't have this point of view, now I can drop that old story of victimization or whatever you want to call it. Does that make sense? So if you listen to the book, you'll know more of what I'm talking about, but just ponder the possibility that you might have picked your starting point, where you were born and who you were born to, and the big, big dynamics you faced. You may have actually possibly known ahead of time some of those things were going to happen. Maybe not all of them, but some to a great degree. Once I had that, then it was like game on because I get to drop all the old stories about why that stuff was so hard. I was like, well, now I actually know I chose it. I no longer have to tell a story of victimization. Let me move forward. So I digress. That was a huge digression. Hopefully helpful for someone listening to the show. But let's move on to the law of attraction. So let's just say, okay, you picked your spot, your starting point, knowing full well in the non-physical, you were going to have the ability to create your own reality. That just because you started there, you never necessarily intended to stay there because the universe is expanding and you are the universe. You're a particle of the universe. Of course you're expanding. Wherever you start's not where you're gonna end. That's not why you come into the game to stay put wherever you are. You're here to grow. So even at the greatest odds or the greatest difficulties, those 
situations, those growing points are opportunities in their own way for those that take them. And people like Oprah and Tony Robbins are two examples of people that didn't have their lives handed to them on a silver platter by any means, but they took those experiences and propelled themselves forward. So as an example of someone that had different lifestyle and different experiences, they're examples of people, and we don't have to look super famous or be like them either, but just to say, whatever your starting point is, once it's there, we create our own reality. And we're waking up to that as a society right now. We're the bridge. I was saying this on the alignment workshop the other day. You guys, we got to give ourselves credit. We are switching from the old way of seeing things, which is very, like you've heard me say on the show, Newtonian. It's based on the physics of the world, quote unquote, as we quote unquote know it, from physics based on the atom and above. And even though our scientific technology and understanding, I wouldn't even say understanding, but our ability to use quantum, it's like 100, 110 years old now, even though we've been using it for that long and our cell phones and our computers and technology are based on it, we are still catching up to the implications that it has indicated and pointed out for consciousness. And once we realize the new story to tell. It may not be the ultimate story of what's really going on, but it is a more accurate story than the old story we've been saying, which is we just landed here. We don't know why. Survival of the fittest. There's nothing before or after this life experience. As we're starting to open up to the technology, the awareness, the power of the subconscious, how neurons work, the fact that our consciousness is not actually housed in the neurons in our brains, it's just received by those neurons, all of these things. As this becomes more generally aware, we're the bridge that's going from the two mindsets in between them. We're going from this is all random and none of it really makes sense, but we just got to do the best we can and be successful. End of story. Make as much money as you can, have as much as you want or help as much as you want, but it might come at the cost of your quality of life, your sacrificial needing to give up what you want so that other people can have what they need, scarcity mindset. As we go from that to, whoa, we can actually have currency based on an abundant mindset model, not only in our mindsets, but actually the currency itself, like we talked about with phase and cryptocurrency. Oh, we can actually understand that electrons are affected, matter is affected by our consciousness, and as we learn to direct our consciousness and focus on what we want, we can have what we want because we get what we think about and law of attraction is a thing. As we make this shift, it's hard for us. It's probably the most hard for us because we're the ones having to change what was subconsciously programmed into us as kids. So in this subconscious state that you're in, by the way, you're in this theta and alpha brainwave state until you're about 12 years old. So you're in the subconscious all the time, downloading everything people tell you, which is all based on all this old way of seeing the world. As we had that recorded into our subconscious, you and I listening to the show, learning this material, have to release those stories. But the beautiful thing is, even though this is a challenge for us, as we do it and more people do it out there in the world, we're going to share this with the children that are right now 
in their hypnotic state from zero to 12. And as those kids learn this way of seeing the world, it will be ingrained in them from the start. So they won't have to be reprogramming themselves. They'll already be programmed for a more updated and possibly accurate way of seeing the world. And it may not be our generation, it may not be our kids' generation, but give us enough time and this shift is inevitable. And that's exciting. I know it might seem small. I know you might feel like there's not a lot of people around you right now to talk to about this stuff. I get that a lot with Flow With Intention. That's why so many people love being part of the community because they get to meet people from around the world that think and are open to this positive, joyful, life doesn't have to be a struggle mindset. So again, lots of time, like little rants here, but again, hopefully all weaving together in a beautiful vortex or some kind of art form to help you in your life. But now that we've recognized we have stories of randomness of why we're here, or we can make stories of we actually chose it and we get to choose which of those stories we want to tell or anything in between. And we realize that this is actually hard for us because we are the bridge. We're going from the old to the new, but it'll get easier and easier for those that come after us. Then we get to go back to law of attraction and see that this is not a genie in a bottle thing and that this is just about manifesting cars. This is literally much more unbiased and objective. It's not a subjective thing. I know one of the things I come up to and a lot of people I've seen that work in this and start to see results too or even are fearing results is that who am I to deserve this? When everyone else is struggling or the perception is that so many other people are struggling, who am I to have everything I want? All the time, abundance, material, life, whatever I want. Who am I to have this if other people don't? And that comes from an upbringing, I believe, that has to do a lot with religion. Even if we weren't steeped in religion ourselves, I think there's still a reverberation of religious ideas of deserving to be in heaven or deserving hell and being judged. So that makes us question our own ability to create or really deserve what we are creating, if that makes sense. But the law of attraction in and of itself isn't judging us. It's it's the idea is the consciousness of us, the energy of us is the energy of the universe. So we are, if you want to use the word universe or God, whatever energy source, life force, the force be with you, whatever word you want to use, that consciousness is within us. So of course we are part of that. We are not separate of that. I know there's a lot of religion in history that has wanted to make us a servant of a greater source, but truly we are just the energy of that source discovering itself and having fun in discovering itself. That's at least the way from all the studies that I've been doing have seemed the most accurate way for me to say or believe it. But when I'm in that state, I also recognize that negative things like let's say disease, like someone doesn't deserve a disease. This isn't about getting what we want or not deserving the bad things we get. It's just about vibration. And in that there is freedom because if we have something negative in our lives, like a disease or like a pattern of experiences that are really difficult for us to deal with, what I found from a few people that I've flowed into is that those people, I'll give an example that's very intense. And this is something, it's actually the biggest question I get about law of attraction and the biggest backlash people share. The idea is, what about the people that have been murdered or have been raped or all of these really terrible things? Did they deserve it, right? And again, I just said, it's never about deserving something. There is no 
God out there saying this person deserves to be killed and this person doesn't. It's not about a judging entity or persona, person, whatever you want to call it, that is judging this person worthy and this person unworthy. And I know that goes against a lot of religions. It's like saying gravity is judging me worthy and you unworthy. It's not. Gravity is just happening, right? Electromagnetic fields don't decide that you're more worthy of an electromagnetic field than I am. It just is. It's just a force in the universe. Same with law of attraction. So let's look at the really hard question. All right. What about those that have, for example, had rape? Did they deserve it? Did they want it? They didn't want to attract that. And no, I would never ever in a million years say that someone wants to attract that. The only way you could even ever make that case, and that would be extremely, you know, you'd have to really go into the Journey of Souls book, I would say, to really look at a possibility of an experience being something a soul wanted, not because it's good, but because of many factors that are far beyond our current level of understanding. So let's just let that aside, because I know some people might be thinking of those things. I'm not going to avoid it, but I'll just say, let's not even focus there. Let's look at an actual experience. I have two to think of. One was during an RTT training. There was someone that was becoming a RTT therapist with me, and she did a session with Marissa. And the person had, she was in her, she was older, she was in her 40s or 50s, and she had been raped twice and inappropriately kissed by her father. So of course, we've got the big issue, right? Did this woman deserve it? Did she earn it? Did she want it? Law of attraction, what? Is that fair? None of that has anything to do with it. When they did the regression, She shared the experiences. And of course, a lot of people don't even want to touch those things. But the most powerful thing you can do is go into the subconscious, which is holding on to all the anger, the pain, and the hurt, and the heartache that came from those experiences. And she'd been holding on to them for decades because those experiences happened in her teenage years. So she, for many decades, had held on and hid those things out of shame or guilt or sadness or whatever was going on in her mind. Now, she deserved none of that from a justice standpoint or a deserving standpoint. However, when they went further back into her regression, she, at a very young age in her toddler years, as they regressed her further back, came to memories of her mother not making her feel safe. Okay, so the situation, there was memories associated with not feeling protected and not feeling safe because of a mother. So nothing to do with rape, nothing to do with being inappropriately kissed. However, from those young experiences with the mother not feeling safe or protected, that vibration and that belief, that set of thoughts and feelings starting from a very young age were in her vibration. Is it fair? No. Is it good? No. Was it there? Yes. So as she played out her life with that vibration, which is a set of beliefs and feelings associated with them, I don't feel safe. I'm not protected. 
being lodged very deeply into her subconscious and ultimately playing out. She didn't attract it like she wanted. That's the other thing about the word attraction I think that's difficult. As when we say the word attraction, often we think positive. We think we want this. We think like someone's very attractive, like we're very attracted to them. That's like all this like good, good, good stuff. She didn't want it. She didn't deserve it. But that vibration found a similar vibration. So those experiences showed up in her life. Not because she deserved it, not because she wanted it, not because it ever should have happened to her. It had nothing to do with a deserving or earning or anything. And you know what? We can't even say it's quote unquote fair from a justice standpoint. It's just a vibration like gravity. Is it fair that anyone falls from a plane? Is it fair that anyone falls from a window? Is it fair that gravity works? Or is it fair if someone falls into water where there's live electricity and they get electrocuted? Is it fair that electricity can work as a light switch or can electrocute you? If it electrocutes you, is it fair that it electrocuted you? It's not about whether it's fair or not. It's just about the physics of it. So this is, again, where I think the law of attraction gets misunderstood is we think we can, it's just about deliberately using it in like the light switch way, but that it doesn't also have a force that also when is applied can also be negative because it's just attracting. It's not judging. So this person from a very young age had a vibration, a set of beliefs and emotions that were validated in her life experience. And what was super powerful, and I can tell you the good side of this story is not that those things happened to her. Those were terrible things that happened to her. The good thing is she found RTT. The good thing is she went in, even if it was decades later, and she released the emotional ties to it through accessing the subconscious state afterwards and letting it go. You could see afterwards the magical shift that happened in her energy or her way of seeing the world. It was a huge release for her. She survived, but she wasn't really thriving until she released and let that go. So what's super exciting to me too, as we are getting more conscious, is that things that are terrible like this, for instance, don't have to be lifelong sentences of grief and horror and terror and a repetition of this. You can change your vibration. You can change your beliefs. You can change your reality. Now, she did this in her 40s or 50s. How beautiful can this be as people have any level of stress? It doesn't have to be something horrible like a sub, a subject like rape. This could be about a breakup. This could be about a someone in flow with intention, reverse Crohn's disease. This can be about other issues you have in your life, physical or non-physical or emotional. You can get rid of these much sooner. I think, again, we're just this bridge. We're just this group of people crossing over into a new way of seeing this stuff. And as in the past, they weren't aware of the subconscious or how to really access it. These terrible things that happened to people stayed stuck in their vibration the rest of their lives. But imagine a child, like let's look at her younger years. So her first incident, I believe, happened when she was 15 or 16. Imagine 
if it's possible in the future for those who have the recognition or awareness of a feeling like I don't feel safe or a feeling of I don't feel protected or a feeling of I'm not enough or a feeling of I'm not worthy enough, which could maybe, let's say, create a batch of eating disorder issues or something like that. What if we can get to the point where we recognize these beliefs are there and we use modalities to release them, thereby changing the beliefs, thereby changing the emotion, thereby changing the vibration? So the law of attraction is not going to attract these negative circumstances in our lives in the future. That we can recognize potentially even before terrible things are, like I said, attracted, but don't think of it like they deserve it. Just come to match the vibration that we're at. This is the potential of what is going forward into the future. And this is something that I think will liberate. Like I imagine a world, if I'm going to have my I have a dream speech like Martin Luther King, I have a dream that when terrible things happen to people in the world, that a group of people swoop in, not just to give them the food, water, and shelter that they need, but also that they give them the emotional releases in their subconscious from the deep wounding emotionally that they experienced, that they may heal the emotional wounds that happen when a hurricane or a terror attack happens, that we can reverse that damage. Because that is the vibrational damage that's done. You can give someone a meal, you can give them a house, you can give them new clothing, but that is not going to change their vibrational point of attraction having experienced that thing. So if we could have people that come in, I think I don't usually use the word lightworkers. I've actually never used that term in the past. But I'll just say, like, imagine a group of lightworkers coming in to help people when difficult things happen, when a miscarriage happens, when a stillbirth is born, when someone is bullied at school, when someone gets a negative health diagnosis, that someone is there. It doesn't have to be RTT. There's many modalities out there. This is just simply the one I'm most familiar with and have found most powerful that I float into. But something where people can heal and release what happened because the pain of the incident that happened or the incidents that happened to this woman were in her teenage years. But the reverberation of that through the rest of her life, as she shared in the session, it was very powerful, was actually that she lost her voice. So she, in one of the early experiences, literally was restricted from crying out. And as a result of that, so she had first the vibration of I'm not protected, I'm not safe, which vibrationally matched the difficult and terrible experience that she had. And as she was experiencing that experience, then she wasn't allowed to speak out. She was blocked from that. I'm not going to get into the gruesome details, but she was. And as a result, for decades after that, I mean, this woman had children. She had a husband. She moved on with her life. But the reverberation may still, I don't know, if it was around the safety and protection, but also it also meant she didn't have a voice. She wasn't speaking out. She wasn't speaking her truth, not in like a let's go accuse the people and, you know, go have a big hearing about it, but just like literally in her career and her family and her relationship, she wasn't speaking out. So this is far bigger than just 
going back to the accuser. This is far deeper than that. That person is, as Marissa Pierce says, the people that are perpetrators do not forget, do not think that they are untouched by what they have done. She actually said that for many people she's even worked with that have done difficult or terrible things to other people, often they have immense amounts of guilt and shame that they are dealing with too. This isn't to go qualify anything. It's just to say the biggest damage for that woman's life was not solved or caused by the incident. The incident happened. Those days lasted. Those hours were brutal and short, but the decades are long and the impacts are great because what she felt all of those days and the repercussion of not sharing in day-to-day interactions with people in her life after that point were actually the real collateral damage. So Anyways, all this to say is that the law of attraction is like gravity. It's like electricity. It's powerful. It can be used. It can be seen as positive or negative, but it's neutral. It doesn't have a belief system. It doesn't have a judgment system. It's not actually thinking for you. It's just like electromagnetic fields. It's just happening. And our powerful moment in time shows us we can let this stuff go and we don't have to wait decades to do so. Like I think about this with parenting all the time because now I obviously don't have kids yet. But when I think about having kids, I think, oh my goodness, I believe on the one hand that they have chosen me and my life circumstances to be my child for a reason. And I don't know what their reason is, but I believe that they will have picked it. So to a degree, I know that anything that they experience that's difficult or not perfect in being a child of mine, in part is what they wanted to experience in a greater soul sense. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to go through difficulty. That doesn't mean I'm not going to screw them up from time to time. I'm not trying to put myself into some perfect, unrealistic expectation. And at the same time, I am incredibly optimistic that as much as they might have picked me, I also know any of their traumas or experiences they go through that are difficult, there are ways for me or others in a professional and energetic capacity can let them release it sooner. So they don't have to hold on to it for decades. Like I'm really glad that the stuff I faced when I was young, I'm glad at 33 that I float into this stuff because I'd much rather process and release all of this stuff now through RTT or just the realization that I picked my starting point and that kind of thing. I'd much rather that because it's liberating me for the next two decades versus someone who's in her 50s going through a releasing of stuff that's been going on for a very long time. So I'm just imagining, I don't know if you can release people's traumas Well, I think you can actually release them even if they're children. So one of the really uplifting things to an example of my I Have a Dream speech I just shared is actually during the RTT training, there was that fire in London in the apartment building that was pretty close by to where the actual training was in London itself. And someone that Marissa knew, I believe, or someone was connected with RTT came in and asked for RTT trainees that wanted to get practice to volunteer their skills as after they got trained to go help the people that were in the 
fire because a lot of them were going over and over and over again in their minds, creating very strong neural pathways to all of the events and the emotions that went on during that fire. And so these RTT people are able to go in and help. So what a beautiful and perhaps the most long lasting shift anyone could gift someone is the ability to release them emotionally and neurologically and subconsciously from difficult events. So does this make sense? So law of attraction, it's not about getting what you want. You can use it that way, just like gravity can be used for what we want. It can be used like a roller coaster uses gravity in really fun and thrilling ways. And we're really appreciative of gravity and how we've been able to manipulate it using laws of physics for a roller coaster experiencer, just listening to this podcast or doing a run or swimming in the ocean. And at the same time, we can recognize just like a live wire with electricity or just like falling out of a really tall building these things are just forces. And also, once we recognize this law of attraction, which just oddly seems to be like the one that we're the least conscious of as a society or a species right now. But as we start to catch on to that, and as we start to realize what we focus on expands, and as we start to realize the vibrational nature of our lives, we can also recognize that we can change our vibration and that there are ways to do it and that we're not stuck with the vibration that we were born with, that that woman when she was two, though it happened and it wasn't right or good, it just happened. It wasn't even the mother, you know, you've got to wonder what happened to her that made her feel like she couldn't be there for her daughter based on her life experiences, right? There's been this cascade, almost like think of all the dominoes falling down on one another. There's been this momentum that's been created based on basically unconsciousness of this principle and also of the ability to change the subconscious programming. So now that we're entering this new era, there are so many new opportunities. It's not a death sentence to have a vibration that is difficult or circumstances we've even attracted that are difficult because we can release them, we can change them. It doesn't always have to be a deep RTT session or hypnotherapy session to get into that subconscious. It can be a day-to-day focus on what we want. But the nice thing is even those really deep wounding experiences that aren't what we wanted can be released so they're no longer creating a vibration for our future. And that's really positive. So that is an explanation on something that I get a lot is what about the people that get things they don't want? They didn't necessarily deserve it. You may or not may not believe that someone would have chosen a starting point that is difficult. But also, even if you didn't grow up in a terrible situation, you may also have had difficulties in your life. And you may also have maybe resented those difficulties in the past, but maybe it's also possible for you to reflect on the possibility at least that potentially there could have been a reason that the things that happened benefited skills or lessons or experiences and that It has given you a greater drive, understanding, compassion, gift, talent, empathy, whatever it is, I'm not sure. But maybe there is something there that can release you from, oh, I don't know. I would say like for me, it was like the old woe is me story and helps me move forward and helps me move on and helps me help others and not feel sorry for myself. So anyways, this one I know might be a little bit of a tough one, but I know this question is a tough one and it may not be resonating with you and that's totally fine, or maybe it really is. Either way, I hope it serves you in some way. Of course, as always, take what you like and leave the rest. 
And now let's do a question or two from the Q&A on Instagram. This is a longer episode than I planned, but I literally had no plan, so I didn't really know how long it was going to go anyways. So this is from Chelsea Diana. My question is, how or can you get yourself into the right vibration or alignment when all you do is think and know that you're in the wrong house, wrong relationship, wrong everything? You're supposed to be grateful for where you're at, but where I'm at is where I'm not supposed to be. I don't know. I guess in a nutshell, I'm constantly getting out of the vortex and want to know your tips on getting back in quickly. Okay, well, that story we're telling with everything is wrong is a pretty deep hole to dig yourself out of, right? (laughs) I would start by going really general, Chelsea. I would say, at least I have clarity. At least I know what I want. All of these experiences, the house, relationship, everything, has shown me more of what I do want and that it does exist for me on a vibrational level first and that it does eventually, as I get better at that vibrational level, exist for me in the physical. And right now, all I can say is I have clarity. I'm gonna bask in how clear I am because a lot of people actually, Chelsea, don't have clarity. They don't know if it's right or wrong, the right relationship or the wrong house or whatever. They don't even know. So at least you do know. At least you're clear that this isn't forever. Because you know it's wrong, it's not forever. If you are forever undecided, that's the purgatory. At least you have the clarity. I would bask in the clarity you have, because then when you bask on the clarity you have, you can list off all the things you want that you want, that you know that you want, that you've been clear about what you want. I would bask in that. And as you go, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people don't know what they want. And I do. All of this is really show me what I do want. And had I not had this wrong house and wrong relationship, I wouldn't know what I want. And my relationship in my new house wouldn't be as good had I not had the contrast this has provided. At least I'm not going to stay here. I'm not stuck. I'm a being of my own reality. I create it. I have choice. I have power. If it involves leaving your house, go sleep on someone's sofa. There's no, you're not going to necessarily end up on the streets. You're probably going to go sleep with your parents or your friends. You have people to go to. Think about all the sofas or guest bedrooms you could sleep in right now if you had to. If your house burned down or your partner, God forbid, left or died, where would you go? I would count out the number of places that you have to go, all of the resources you have available to you through the people that love you, right? Look all that good stuff, right? You have so many people supporting and willing and able to help you. I would focus on all of these good things and recognize any story about stuck or wrong or lack. That's just a story that's keeping you stuck in the wrong house and in the wrong vibration. But as you think about the possibilities, even if they're not the ideal ones, they still might be a little better than feeling stuck or feeling like you have no options. I think we have this idea in our society that, you know, if I don't have room or if I don't have enough money for my rent, I'm going to be homeless. Most people, not all, but most, that's not true. You would actually just probably go sleep on some sofa. Like Lewis Howes did that for three months or some really long time with his sister, right? You wouldn't actually go necessarily to the streets. But when we have that as our alternative, it keeps us stuck at a really low vibration versus the appreciation of all the people that can support us if needed or in the short term 
that are here. We don't have to do this on our own. We just think we do because we're a very individualistic society, but we don't have to. Like even for me, when I was traveling alone, I could have gone and slept on a friend's house. In fact, I actually did many times because it was fun and because I wanted to. But even if I had to, I could have just like Lewis. So there's many options. So I would say I would focus on the many options you have and actually look beyond the ones your ego might be willing to accept and focus on the clarity you have. And of course, as always, write to your intuition because your intuition will have a peaceful understanding of the situation and what is next for you. And then just take it one moment at a time, one moment at a time, one moment at a time. And if it all feels wrong and it feels really hard, I'd at least try to get to neutral about it, which is basically the feeling of boredom. I'm so bored thinking about this. Man, I've I've really laid into this subject so much and I'm so sick of it. That also can be a really powerful thing rather than rehashing, rehashing, rehashing. So next up we have Mrs. Dreyer who said, hi Jess, any advice on staying aligned while working in a healthcare setting with many patients struggling with diseases and even psychiatric disorders? Thanks. This is really interesting. So I actually have a friend here in Australia who's a physio who also works with elderly people that have issues, obviously, with being older and aging and all those sorts of things and some psychiatric stuff too. And it is a challenge or it can be perceived as a challenge. What if we looked at it like a game? Like what if it's the alignment game for you? Because even relationships, like Abraham often says, your soulmate Yes, sometimes they'll talk about the soulmate as this person that just like clicks right in and feels super easy and flowy, okay? You'll find some videos like that. And sometimes if you search soulmate on Abraham, have you, can you tell I've done this on YouTube before? Some of them they say, or it's the person that pisses you off the most. And the people that are most challenging in your life are the ones you can really thank for your growth or your ability to really create as a conscious creator. Because if someone's not upsetting you, they're not creating much contrast, it's pretty easy to stay in alignment. But when you have a lot of contrast in a situation, those are the opportunities you get to learn how to find unconditional alignment. So I would wonder if this can be a game or a master level Jedi level for you to recognize unconditional and practice unconditional alignment, which means I'm not going to look at the conditions around me to determine my alignment. Now, at the start of this, I would not say that this is the easiest thing to do if you haven't already done conditional alignment on your own. So I would say even more than for most, if you love what you do, going to work and being in a job you love can be aligning in and of itself. So you may not have to get a lot of frequency or momentum emotionally positively going before you go to work if you love it, because that's going to also just ramp you up even further. But if the people around you or the environment around you is challenging. And this works for anyone's job, not just healthcare, but if you're not liking it, it's even more imperative for you to set your point of attraction in the morning before you get there. Start your alignment first on your own, deliberately thinking and exposing yourself to all the things you love that you can do in the morning that will get you as happy as possible. Think about it like winding up a top or a toy or whatever. Wind it up as much as you can and then let it rip and see how long. I would play the game. I would see how long you can keep it going while you're at work. Not to beat yourself up when you don't get past 9.30 in the morning or 10.30, but just to have a lightness about it in an observational, playful way to do it. I was listening to uh, recent channeling and I forget the person's name, so I can't really 
share. It was at the crimsoncircle.com or something. And they were talking about, they're like, all of this is just a story. And they talked about your life. And they said, what kind of story or life are you telling? Is What kind of movie? If this is a movie, are you living a comedy? Are you living a drama? Are you living an inspirational story? Are you living a horror film? Are you living a sci-fi? You're living a rom-com? What is the story you're telling through your life? Because as this channeling, just like Abraham says, there's many lifetimes. This is not the only one. This is just the one you're playing right now. Stop taking it so seriously. It's not a matter of life and death. There's just more lives to be had. So stop taking it so seriously. Have fun with it. Do it the way you want. So in this case, even looking at it that way, if I take off the seriousness of this, this is just what I'm doing right now. It's not what I'm going to do forever. And it's a chance, just like someone that's really difficult in our lives, that challenges our ability to stay in alignment when we're around them, this is a chance for me to get into alignment and stay maintained within myself and my own power of focus rather than getting swayed by things I don't want to focus on. So for me right now, I'm focusing on visualizing my body instead of working out because it just seems fun to do so, just to prove to myself that this stuff actually works, right? Well, in that inherently comes the old beliefs and the old patterns of thinking that think that we have to exercise to maintain health or our bodies won't be healthy if we don't exercise them in a 30 minutes a day aerobic exercise at the gym kind of thing or if I'm not doing CrossFit, right? Like obviously I'm very active in terms of walking around the city, but I only want to do the things I love. And right now I think even I'm pushing it a little further than I maybe otherwise would just because I really want to see what I can do just with my mind and just believing and focusing. So it's a training ground for me. But that doesn't mean the old beliefs aren't there and that I don't get to face them. So the contrast that I face is like, but this can't really work, or what about cellulite? And then I'm thinking about cellulite, right? So I'm having to learn how to be unconditional in my focus on the body's health that I want. This is the same for you at your job, being unconditional on the focus of the alignment you've created for yourself before you came to the job, maintaining it as you're there, no matter what someone else's energy may be. You can have compassion for them, but not empathy, because empathy just goes down to the level of the pain with them. You don't need to, you know, as Abraham says, you don't make others well by getting sick with them. You can't get sicker to make someone else well. Same with money. You can't get poor to make someone else rich. So keep that in mind and see if you can make it a game and tell a funner story around why you're doing what you're doing. All right, now we've got Kel Olson, who just one minute ago submitted. She said, my law of attraction question is more of a scenario that I'm wondering how fits into the law of attraction, if at all. I feel like when I really, really want something, I get it or something better, but not until after I decide I'll be just as happy without it, almost to the point of not wanting it anymore. However, once I don't want it anymore, then get it. My anxiety flares up so much as if I never really wanted it in the first place. Is this within the realms of law of attraction or am I completely off base? I tend to be a head case with a lot of things and I'm trying to work through my anxiety so it doesn't get in the way so much. Yes, this is very true. And this is something that has been also mentioned on Abraham videos as well on YouTube. This is a woman's exasperated answer to Abraham once on the, I think it was a phone call they were doing years ago. She said, I think you want me to get so happy that it doesn't matter if my lover ever comes. And they said, yes, exactly. Because when it doesn't matter, he has to come. And the idea of it is that when you're at the vibration of not mattering if it's there or not, then you're at the vibration of already having it. Ironically, right? So you can go soft in us. Another way to put this is, they always say, it's always as easy to create a castle as it is a button. 
The only difference is we, personally, don't have any great wanting with the button, but we have great wanting and disbelief around the castle. So the way to think about this, and I actually drew this on my paper when I went to the California event with them, and they said this, I drew on my paper. So imagine in your head, I have a paper in front of your mind's eye. Okay, so let's say we're going to, I'm going to make up like measurements for this, okay, just so this makes sense. So if we're looking at the castle, I might, I drew on the paper a line that's like, I want the castle like 10 miles long. That's how much I want. I have 10 miles of wanting of the castle. But I, and especially in America, you barely ever see a castle. In Europe, they're more common, but in the US, you don't grow up seeing castles unless you're watching Disney. So this is something that I haven't seen a lot in my life. Therefore, I have a lot of disbelief that it's really possible or that they're very common or that it's possible for me, right? So imagine, even though I have 10 miles of wanting of a castle, if I have 10 miles of disbelief that it's possible for me to have that, you could say this about money too. You could say, I want a million dollars 10 miles long, but I also don't know if I can really earn. How am I going to earn a million dollars? I don't know how to earn that. I don't know if I deserve that. I don't know what I'm going to do to get that. I don't even know the people I need to have on my team for that to happen, right? So again, all of these doubts or resistances that cancel out, I can have 10 miles of disbelief going the other direction. So if you have an arrow going 10 miles one way and you have the same amount of doubt going the opposite way, nothing happens. There's no movement because they cancel each other out, right? Now, let's look at the button, okay? So below that on your little piece of paper, I would say, I don't really care about a button at all. I have buttons on all my clothes. There's, the buttons are easy. I could go to the store to get a button. I could find one on the ground. I'm probably wearing one right now somewhere on my body and I'm not even thinking about it, right? Buttons are easy. I don't really want a button, but I guess if I have to, because Abraham says so, I mean, I, I don't even care, but maybe I want like one inch of my life and I don't have any resistance to it. There's no doubts that I can get a button in my life. There are buttons everywhere. I know how to get them. I have the money to get them. I can go buy one at the store right now. I can find, like, I don't care about the button, right? One inch with no resistance is one inch further than the 10 miles you want the castle, okay? So that's why when you don't really feel like you want it, what you're doing is releasing the resistance to it. Let's say it's a relationship. I want a relationship 10 miles, but you have 10 miles of resistance and frustration that you don't have it yet. So you're canceling it out. You give it up. You're like, I don't even care. Forget about it. This isn't worth it. I give up. I'm just going to live my life as a hermit or a plant lady or a cat lady or a dog lady, whatever. So you have no resistance and maybe just one inch of wanting or you've even given that up but there's no resistance. So even if there's any little shadow of it, which of course there still is, you still actually wanted it. There's nothing actually ever been wrong about it. It's just been in your vortex. You've just released the resistance to it. So that's when it can come in. So that's why that happens. All right, now let's take one more question. I love that you guys love this, by the way. Can I just say, this is so fun for me because I'm studying this stuff all the time. So it's fun to be able to channel, not to say I'm like talking Joe here, but just like, give it to you or share it with you and talk about it. So now we have Rachel V. Cuncliffe, I think it is. She said, hi, Jess, how do you deal with sickness and law of attraction? Was sick this week and wondered about mental strategies to use to help heal faster. And do you think sickness can be avoided more using law of attraction? Thanks. This is interesting. I don't know if Rachel said this, but I think I've seen this question three times today and maybe not by Rachel, maybe by other people too on Instagram. So this is really interesting. Obviously it's in the vibration and should be addressed. So yes, I'm gonna give you a little story 
my dad was never sick growing up. Like, I think he's gotten sick once since I, like a year ago or something. He took like a day off. But growing up, I never saw my dad get sick. He never got sick. And my mom, really, she had sometimes, but very rarely. So because I didn't really see it modeled around me, I didn't really have sickness in my mind. And then I saw my dad was really strong. And I was like, I'm like my dad. So then I just kind of assumed, like, I don't get sick. And I've had this belief that I don't get sick. And I don't. It's very, very rare that I ever got sick. So the idea is if you think you get sick a lot because and maybe you've got data to prove it, like, Jess, look, I've gotten sick a lot. I get sick every winter, right? That belief in and of itself opens your mind and therefore your subconscious and therefore your immune system, which is run by the subconscious, to be susceptible to sickness. This is actually spoken directly about in the Law of Attraction book by Abraham Hicks. So you can go there if you want to actually hear them talk about this. And they talk about the flu shot and they say, you know, if you believe that you're going to, you know, if it's in your vibration at any level, and it could be subconscious. So it's not like you consciously want to get sick. You could be shouting no at sickness. But if you're paying attention to sickness too, right? So if you don't believe you get sick, like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time ever thinking about sickness. Like I, it doesn't even enter my mind because I'm not having it. Does that make sense? It's not an issue for me. Like I'm not thinking about hemorrhoids or hemorrhoid cream because I don't have hemorrhoids. So it's not in my awareness either way, right? So sickness is a little more common because people talk about it versus hemorrhoids. But if you're thinking about whether you're getting sick or not going to get sick, sickness is what you're thinking about. Law of attraction is just matching you. And it's not matching, I don't want to get sick, I don't want to get sick. It just hears sick, sick sick, (laughs) where if you're not thinking about it at all, that's when it's not in the attraction phase. Now, in that, I can say also, just because you're not thinking about it, if your vibration is low in some other way that's not around sickness, it could still be a match. Your immune system, even looking at the actual, if let's say you're stressed or run down, that also is weakening your immune system. So that would ultimately you say, okay, you have a week's immune system because you've been stressed, you've been working a lot, so you're more susceptible to sickness. Let's look at that another way. Law of attraction. You are in non-coherence in your body. So your heart and your brain are not in coherence when you're in a stress state. When you're in a place of fatigue, your heart coherence is your heart rate variability is not in coherence with your brain waves. So your adrenals are pumping and you're in the fight or flight mode. That's what's happening in your body. You're not in the healing homeostasis mode in your body. So it actually is about the low state, the vibration that's not in a coherent pattern, literally in your body, that is compromising your immune system. When your heart and your brain are in coherence, another way to say it is alignment, your body is in a healing state. So you're actually literally less likely to get sick when you are literally in alignment because literally 1,300 biochemicals are released when your heart is in coherence with your brain. So if you're interested in this stuff and you actually want to go deeper into that, how do I know my heart's in coherence with my brain thing? You actually can track this. You can do this over at HeartMath. We had an episode on the show too. I think it's justlively.com slash Howard Martin if you want to learn more about this. But when your heart and your brain, you can do this through meditation, reaches the balance point, the coherence between the two, your body's actually healing, your body's resting, your body's recuperating, your body's in health. But if you prolong it, that vibration is out of 
balance. So you can actually get sick not even thinking about sickness just because your vibration's low, because you're not in alignment. Isn't that crazy that all of this really ties into like Abraham to your heart rate? And you can actually put a monitor on your ear and clip it on and track each morning how much you're in coherence or not. And that that even just three minutes of it is actually doing huge gains in your own body. It's amazing. So anyways, you can have the belief that I don't get sick and that can help, but you also can have the coherence, the alignment factor that will also help. So those are the things at the top of my mind that I think of to share is your body being in a coherent pattern of alignment, literally. So you, yes, you can watch the Gilmore Girls to get your heart and brain in alignment and get those joy endorphins pumping but also the belief that I get sick or I can get sick, or of course I'm around kids all day, so what else could I expect? Like I also travel a lot and I didn't get sick traveling on all those planes, which a lot of times people have stories around getting sick on planes and then their subconscious is like, oh, it's easy to get sick on planes. I might get sick on the plane. And it doesn't judge whether that's right, but it does open you up to the subconscious actually following that thought to lowering the immune system. So something to think about. Also not to beat yourself up about either. And I can also just say one of the other thoughts I've always had about sickness just on that subject is that I think part of the reason I can tell sometimes if I feel like I'm going to get sick and all I do, it's so simple. I just stop. I just rest before I'm actually sick. So I get like the first little inkling that it might pop, like the, first of all, I think the first inkling is that you're tired. Your body's like, wait, it's time to rest. It's time to get into coherence. It's not the time to go pushing out there and getting in discoherent patterns, going out of alignment. The alignment comes from the urging, the next inspired step to rest. It's when we ignore that step and we keep going, keep pushing, because our mind is telling us that we have to effort versus use our energy that's when I think we're opening ourselves up to the fatigue, to the disbalance, to the low vibration, to the incoherent heart and brain pattern, which causes a compromised immune system and also the belief system there. So there you guys go. That was a really long and fun Q&A, LOA Q&A. Like I said, if this is something you think would resonate with someone that would like to hear it, obviously don't share with people that you think are going to reject it. This isn't, I don't think law of attraction is the best to share as a convincing factor for people, but more for people that are attracting it. So if you think there'd be people that would benefit from this, please feel free to share it. And of course, try the law of attraction book if you're interested or the journey of souls if you're interested in all that soul stuff I mentioned earlier. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at just C as in Cheetos Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash LOAQ&A2. Before I share what I'm up to next, let's talk about today's other sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and business owners that want to love bookkeeping as much as they love all of the other tools and social media channels that they love. For me, as you guys have probably heard me say before, I really think FreshBooks is as easy and as fun as using Instagram. It's beautiful, it's fun, it's simple, it tracks my invoices, my expenses, my bookkeeper can go in there easily, other team members can go track their time if needed there as well. You can use the mobile app. They've just done such a wonderful job for creatives that need to do bookkeeping and invoicing and need to deal with things like PayPal. So if you have this need in your own life, please try this out for your business. See if you like it as much as I do. You can try it free for 30 days by going over to freshbooks.com lively. I hope you love it as much as I do. 
Now for what's new for me, I have, of course, Flow With Intention Online is opening next week. So I'm starting that, excited for the last live round of this class. This is some of my favorite times of the year, honestly, is teaching Flow and coaching with Flow and working with people in it. The community is just so positive. They help me get even more aligned than I already try to get. So it's just an amazing experience. I'm excited for that. And then on the decorating front, which is, of course, always one of the things on my mind lately, I am getting my paint hung. By the time I've actually shared this episode, that might already have been done. If you're following me on Instagram, I'm sure I'll have shared if it is hung by now. And also I'm looking for the perfect rug and coffee table. I have a feeling I'm going to do if it flows, a black marble coffee table this time rather than white marble. I think it'll look great with the painting that I got. So excited. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can go over on Instagram to check it out. I know I've mentioned it here on the show a few times and people have loved seeing it and what I've been talking about. So Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. 